If you have a Bible with you this morning, you might like to turn uh, to Psalm 5. And we're going to look at uh, our theme this morning is we're looking at the series Up. And this morning, it's entitled Look Up. Uh, When I'm speaking and Andy speaks and, and others are invited to speak, we're taking this series together. And so this morning we're looking at Look Up. Um. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, when you climb a high point, uh, we're always encouraged, don't look down, don't look down. That that is real, that's not a a mock-up. Someone is, I I wouldn't say that you should do what this person's doing in the, 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 I I look at that and I I don't take notice. It says don't look down, but as I look down, I am feeling, this is me, I I can't handle heights, and uh, I am actually glad I'm standing here because I'm feeling giddy at the moment as I look at that. But uh, that's a bit of a crazy thing to do. And you can see that the person there is really, their arms are really hinged underneath. They're really keeping, but um, if you look down, it's scary, isn't it? When you're, when you're at a great height, there's something about that. I, I um, and perhaps you've been uh, to places, maybe you're a sort of person that heights don't bother you. I know some people can look down, it doesn't bother them at all. But uh, I had the privilege of a few, few number of times going to Canada. Have you ever been to the CN Tower? And in the CN Tower, there's a, an observation point, And uh, it's all glass. It's a glass floor. Glass floor and a glass. And uh, I came out of the, the lift, the CN Tower, and there's a bit of carpeted area. I may have, t- forgive me if I've told you this story, but I was with Helen and some friends from Newcastle at the time. We came out, the, the glass, the elevator opens, you're at the top there, oh, great view, think about that. And then uh, you, you come from this carpeted area, and then there's this viewing area, it's all glass. And this is what happened to me. I immediately froze. I went into a sweat, and um, Helen, my wife, and a friend called Neil, they went and did what everyone else did. They actually lay out like this, my friend Neil lay face down looking at the girl. Me, they said, come on, Adrian. It was like, say, where Sally is and I'm here. Come on, Adrian, you're okay. They were there. Do you know what? I did this. This is what I did. Now, what they used to do at the CN Tower is when you came out the elevator, you came straight out to glass. And people weren't getting out the elevator, so they covered it with carpet. <laughs> but most of it is a, is a viewing area. I mean, the glass is about several feet thick, so you're never going to fall through it. But the bits that you could see, like the, I suppose, what you, would you call them, the girders? I don't know what they would be called. But the metal bits, I sort of walked along like this. <laughs> bit like Spider-Man or whatever. Da, 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 da. And uh, I could, looking down for me, sent me. And, um, you know, it has that sort of effect. But, you know, uh, you know, sometimes in life, it's scary when things around us are going wrong. And uh, uh, you, you, they, they say, don't look down. But it can be like that in life. You know, we, you, you, sometimes we can say uh, the word like, um, I'm feeling really down at the moment. And that can be a scary experience if you're not used to feeling like that. Uh, it can be a scary experience if things are going wrong around you and you, and, and you, you feel as if you're going down. You're sinking or you're feeling down. And um, it, it's, it's easy to say, don't look down. And we can sometimes beat ourselves up as Christians when we're feeling down. So I don't want to sort of take that stand this morning because I know how I feel when I look at that. It makes me feel yak. And uh, I'm not going to look at it anymore for a moment. But uh, the, the Bible again and again encourages us to... Um, wrong one. It's that one as well. I'm doing it too. The, encourages us to look up. To look up. 
And uh, when um, somebody's climbing, if you're climbing, I, I had a go once. It was only once. I never did it again. But I saw these 12 and 13-year-olds doing a, a rock climbing wall. And I know that people like Ben and Ruth do, do, do these climbing walls. And, and they go up all these steep places. I could never do that. But I saw these 12-year-olds going up this rock climbing wall. And, you know, I'm a harness. And I had a go. I think I got about three or four foot off the ground. I got to about, you know, there. And they were up about 30 or 40 feet. And this, this supervisor was saying to me, don't look down. And I was just kidding. Just look, just look ahead. Look up, look up the next grip. And uh, there's this idea. And in the Bible, again and again, we're encouraged to look up. To look towards our creator, to look at our maker, to, and to Jesus, to look towards Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. To look towards the, 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 the completion of our faith. There's something powerful. And rock climbers say, look up, or look at the next point that you're going to put your hand to. There's something powerful in that realm, and, uh, but I would say spiritually speaking. And... Um, that's a great enhanced photo of the heavens. And uh, I, I once visited Brazil, and in, and in the, that, part the, what is it, that, that part of the hemisphere, wherever it was, I'm not very good at geography, that's what the night sky looked like. I didn't take that photo, that's a, but that's what it does look like in the night sky, where it's in the Amazon, it was just all pitch black and it looked awesome. So I, I think in life, uh, we go through a bit of a cycle you know, when everything's going wrong around us, when things are out of control, when we can't see the wood from the trees, when, when we feel that we're going down, or we feel that when we, we are in that situation, um, how can I get out? And it's easy to say, look up. Very often, we, we're looking down. I, I'm affected. I, I would be the first to say, I'm affected by the stuff that goes on in my life. Uh, and as a pastor and a, a Christian leader, there are those times in my life, I get down. I have wept. There have been times as a leader I've wept. I've wept over church. I've wept over my own life. And and there are those moments, but um, I'm encouraged to look up. And it's that this morning that I want to try and do uh, for my life and our lives is encourage us to look towards our God, who's a great God, and he's going to help lift us up. That's the good thing about Jesus. He, He doesn't just look down upon us and say, hey, you down there. But Jesus is down amongst us. Uh, the Emmanuel is one with us. And he's the one who lifts us up. He wants us to look to him. Uh, but I, fi- I find there's a bit of a cycle to life. You know, I, 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 when things go wrong, I'm down. And I can look down. I can see all the stuff that's going on around me. It's, it, it's hard to see Jesus sometimes. It's one of the last things for me is to sometimes pray. Sometimes to put on Christian music. You think, oh, I just need a break. I've heard people say, I need a break from church at the moment. You know, I find I, too much. I'm, it's all in my face. It's too positive. It's all, and I'm feeling awful. And uh, we can go through this cycle of feeling like that. And it's not wrong. I think then we, we, if we rally ourselves a little bit, we can look out. And uh, we look to our friends and, uh, and um, uh, for support and uh, for advice. And I, I think that's right. We, so we should. We, look, we will be down, but we'll look out and we'll look to those around us. Um, but I think there comes a point when, when we do look out and we look towards our friends and uh, we get advice and we get support. And that's good and we need that and thank God for that. But sometimes there comes points in our lives where you can't see the wood from the trees. With all the support, the friends, the advice, you just can't see a way out of this. And it's that, that there's this cycle of looking down, looking out, looking down, looking out, and we can feel trapped. How do we break that? By looking up. How do we break that? By looking up. But we go through this cycle of down, looking out, but God's calls us to look up. Well, in Psalm 5, 
We read these words. Yeah, we read these words. In Psalm 5, this is from the New King James Version. We read, um, give ear. This is a, 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 a psalm written by David uh, on his expectation and looking towards God. Um, I've chose the New King James. It's the, uh, the modern version of the King James authorized version. And um, it's the way it's, it's translated. I like the translation. If you're reading from anything else, it's slightly different. But you'll, you'll see the slight difference I'll mention in a minute. But um, give ear to my words, says David, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry. This is a guy who's down. Yeah? Very often David talks about being in the pit. He knows what it is to be depressed. King David, a man after God's heart. Isn't that amazing? Uh, give ear, heed to my voice and my cry, my King and my God. For you, for to you will I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. I've chosen you, King James, because of the way it translates the word. In the NIV it says, to you I wait expectantly. The NIV translates that. It's what's called a dynamic equivalent. And uh, I just like the literal translation. Literally, there's this idea of look up. But what does that mean? So the NIV does, looks at all the translations and then comes up with a, it's, it's the idea of waiting expectantly, looking towards God. But I like this look up. And so David is, encourages us to look up, even in the midst of um, our um, despair. In other words, look towards God. Uh, cast our heart towards God. Uh, cast our heart towards Jesus. Open our heart. Uh, call upon God. And so you hear David talking, I will give you my voice. I will look in the morning. There's an intent in David's heart. There's a desire to see God, to hear God, for God to hear him. For God, to, he opens his heart. There's an intention. And he says, in the morning, I will direct it to you and look up. There's an intention of David to, to look towards God. He's in the dumps. He's down. He's out on the ropes. He could be out. But he's going to look to break the cycle by opening his heart and looking towards God. There's something really powerful um, about, um, about seeing God. You see, it, when we, we give our hearts to God, when we um, bring our our hopes and our broken hopes and our, our shattered dreams to God, when we open our hearts to him, when we pray, when we read his word, as we worship, something incredibly powerful begins to happen. Um, we come into God's presence. You see, the presence of God brings perspective to life. I, I, we've been looking at this. This is why we want to see God in our lives. The presence of God brings perspective. We, are, we, we, we love an almighty creator we, we, our God is the creator of the universe. He's our father. His revelation is father. But he's the creator of the universe. And uh, he sees all. God sees all. God knows all. And God has power in all and over all. Now, God sees everything and knows everything and has power in everything. I only see in part. The, uh, Paul, the apostle, says we see in part. We see through a glass dimly, but then we will see face to face. So here on earth, no matter how much we prophesy, no matter how much we read the Bible, no matter how much we actually know, and we can know a lot, and God can reveal a lot, it's in part. But God sees all. God knows all, has all, and everything is in his hand. Isn't that incredible? The past, today, and the future. Never taken by surprise. He's never ambushed. He's never taken with lack of resources. God can contain, know, and do anything. 
So in his presence comes his incredible, incredible perspective. I, I haven't got time to do what that justice, but you, you get a, the gist of what I'm saying. So when we look to God, when we give our hearts to God, we're honoring God and we're looking and setting sail in our hearts towards to see God. There's something amazing happens. You come into his presence because God is a living God. Jesus is alive. The Holy Spirit is sent to be with us and amongst us. So therefore we may know, feel him and know him and taste of him and know the presence. Just as you you know the presence of your husband or your wife and you're in their presence or presence of a good friend and someone that you love or a close friend and we can interact in relationship and know them, so too we may know. But we know almighty God that way. The Bible says in his presence is fullness and complete and utter joy. So, let me take a breath. <laughs> the presence of God brings his perspective. Now, this is so important because my outlook can be changed. And I've said this a lot. Into an, if I can change my outlook, if what I see, what I perceive, the perspective I have on this life, if I can see it somehow in the power of the Holy Spirit, in God's perspective, if I can see something of God in my life, in my family, in my job, in my home, in my relationship, in my, in my, in my, my marriage, in my desires, in my plans, in the diagnosis that the doctor has somehow given me, in no matter what I'm experiencing right now, if I can somehow see something of God in that, I can gain something of his perspective on my life. And that is incredibly powerful and important. This is why David said, I look up. So we talk about turning our outlook into, I know it's a little ditty, an uplook. But it's a way of remembering this idea of coming into the presence of God. You see, in the presence of God, we have his perspective. He sees it. So you can see that's the Grand Canyon. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Is there anyone here that's been to the Grand Canyon? Oh, my word. That's incredible. Wow. That's incredible, guys. You've been to the Grand Canyon. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Well, this is a, a sort of a helicopter. I suppose you can do these helicopter tours. This is a helicopter view of the Grand Canyon. It's as if God has taken his hand and just gone like that. I know there's erosion and everything, but we, know, we believe in a creator God. But God could take his hand and just go like that and create. It's incredible, isn't it? When you see it in perspective, if you were down at the bottom of that, that gorge there, that would be, you know, towering above you. But from God's perspective, from heaven, from the hand of God, the creator, what is to me? No, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. God can raise us to a place that we can see What's going to happen? What could be done? What can God do? How can God fulfill his purpose in my life through this right now? We, you see, what you do is this. Another way of putting it is you get the bigger picture. You get the bigger picture in the presence of God. In the presence of God. I've met people that will say to me, you know, I don't know, Adrian. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I just feel a sense of peace. I feel God here. And I, I can just know that somehow this is going to work out. There's this bigger universe picture. When I say the bigger picture, I mean there's this universe picture. I can't fathom that. We can't even see the end of the universe. God can. He contains all. He stands outside of it all. It's in the palm of his hand. You get something of this. No wonder people say, I feel as if it's going to work out. I can't answer that. It's called the peace of God that transcends all understanding. 
When Paul says the peace of God will transcend all understanding, logically, I can't fathom out the universe. Uh, Even with the the, um, Hubble telescope, even with the Hadron Collider trying to find, uh, you know, subatomic particles and collide, we cannot fathom the whole sense of, but God does and God can. And something of that bigger picture, peace, it's called peace. It's encapsulated in this word, the peace of God. It's the bigger picture somehow. It's unfathomable. It's intangible, intangible, intangible. The peace of God. The bigger picture. So in the presence of God, when we see him, when we give our hearts to him, as we love him. And David said, I call upon you in the morning. I I look towards you. I'm giving my heart to you. My prayers are to you. I'm reading the scriptures. I'm wanting to see you. I'm wait upon you, he says, that we come into his presence and in his presence we get a bigger picture, we get God's perspective. But something else happens as well. We ascend, I keep doing that because I've got it on that as well. Uh, We ascend the cloud cover. Uh, That's a a great, that's, um, that's, as you can imagine, that is not me. (laughs) That's a piece of clip art. (laughs) But uh, this this guy uh, um, has, has gone up a mountain and he's got to a point where he's got above the clouds. Uh, uh, Mike Rogers, uh, pilot, um, in jets, you can get above a certain point and uh, it can be cloudy and then you can see brilliant sunshine above the cloud. You and I can't see above the cloud. I can't. There are times in my life when I feel terribly down and, and I just can't see a way out. But when we come into the presence of God, we can see a bigger picture, the peace this unfathomable sense of the universe, of the almighty Father, but he takes us above the cloud cover. He takes us above. We can see something. God sometimes grants us to see something above the cloud cover, as it were, all around us. And you know, actually, we have already ascended to the heavenly places. In Ephesians 2, verse 6, and God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus above the cloud cover. You and I are, if you read Ephesians, read the book of Ephesians. Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, above all things, now you and I as a Christian are included in Christ. And by faith and in the power of the Spirit, he can raise us in our hearts, minds and spirits and has done above the cloud cover, above the sinful world, in the presence of God, in the heartbeat of God. But there are those times in our lives where we need to see him. But when we come into the presence of God, he takes us above the cloud cover Coming to a conclusion then, how do we get to that place? How do we find that place? How do we turn our outlook into an uplook? Three simple things. I'll say them again and again. They are that simple. It's why invent the wheel when God has given us um, a simple, uh, straightforward way of coming into his presence. First of all, open your heart. This morning, open your heart to God. It's as simple as that. God looks at open hearts. He's not concerned about what you do and who you are and what you've done and what you wear and what you can do or can't do for him. He's concerned about one thing, your heart. Is it open? Is the door of your heart open? Jesus loves to stand. He loves to enter into our hearts and lives. When we talk of that, we talk of the heart and the mind, our spirit, our lives. Have you ever met someone and you can talk to them and they're just like a closed book? Their mind is made up. They're not going to talk to it. No, I've made my mind up. That's it. It's called a closed mind or a closed heart. But God loves the open heart. God loves the open heart. Even if you don't fully understand. 
You don't have to understand everything. Even if you don't understand your circumstance and you're not sure of the way ahead, you're not sure of what you can trust, just like I didn't know as I stood out on those girders thinking like Spider-Man, can I do this? But even if you edge out, just open your heart. If we open our hearts, if we move towards God, he will move towards you. Simple as that. So the first criteria is open up our hearts to God. In the midst of your circumstance, just open up your heart to God. Uh, desire, say, God, I need you. God, I give my life to you. Look, right now, I can't understand what's going on around me. But that's the prayer. I don't know why this is going to take me. I, I, I'm, I'm sinking, but I just need you. That's opening your heart. It's as, it's as simple as that. Just open your heart. Second thing I would say that we can do is um, I find that, that worship... That prayer, worship. Uh, I don't know about you, but I do something. Um, there are times that I, um, I drive quite a lot, in, uh, visiting and getting to places and meeting people. And um, if I'm having a, a really busy week, particularly busy week, I try and put um, Christian CD on in the car. And I'll often have uh, music playing in, in my car, even if I'm not singing along to it. I try and soak my life and fill my life. And this isn't all day, every day, far from it. But there are those moments. So I I want to to know the presence of God. We read in Psalm 22, verse 3, God inhabits the praise of his people. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. One translation says, in other words, that God sits enthroned. God turns up when people's hearts are open, loving and honouring him. And in worship, I'm not just singing songs, I'm honouring and loving God. You notice all of our songs are all about Jesus. We're loving him, we're honouring him, we're giving our lives to him because we're, 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 we're giving place and space to him. So you find that when you worship, well, 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 in actual fact, whatever you worship, you give your heart to. So if it's your car that you love, that's what you're giving your heart to. There's probably nothing wrong in liking your car, but I wouldn't say I'd love it. We want to give our hearts to God, not a heart car. It might be your, your, your favourite pet, and a lot of people do, and there's nothing wrong in that. But, but, and, and loving your pet, that's fine. Um, but whatever we love, we give our hearts to. And so it's when in worship, as we, as we honour God and give our, our love towards God, we're giving our hearts to him. So worship is really powerful. It's not magical, it's powerful, it's spiritual. And so I find the second thing is open my heart, but it's to worship. So I, I put Christian music on. So often in our home, we'll have Christian music on. People will say, oh, it's nice and peaceful today. It wasn't like that 10 minutes ago. We were saying, <laughs> you know. And um, some mornings, it's, oh, my heart isn't peaceful when I'm in. And I've got things on my mind in, on a Sunday morning. And the, but, but in worship, you open our hearts and we honour God. And I would say, Put something on in your car. Put something on in your home. Um, God inhabits the praises of his people. I find that when I'm downcast, isn't it interesting that it was King David played, um, was it the harp or the lyre or whatever it was that he played? It wasn't a lute. I think it was a harp or a lyre or something like that. It was a stringed instrument anyway, let's put it that way. And when Saul was downcast and depressed, David would play worship songs over him. Interesting that, isn't it? It wasn't magical, it's presence of God. The anointing and presence of God was there. And um, David, his Psalms, I love the Psalms. All about work, praise, poems, songs, uh, and prayers. The Psalms are calling on the presence of God. So I find that you, you and I, we can put a CD on. 
I told the story a few weeks ago, out visiting, visiting some people, and I thought, I'm going to pop into some people, and they're going to, they're going to need love, support, care, advice. And I thought, you know, I don't think I've got much this morning. And I think I've, I've been on record of saying I could have gone in and been a bit professional as a pastor and said the right things and said the right words, but my heart felt I had so much going on in my own mind. I've just rushed. And I, got, I arrived a bit early, which is unusual for me for once. And I pulled up around the corner and I put a, a CD on, a worship CD in my car. And I wound the windows down. It was a sunny, not long ago, but sunny. And I just listened to some worship. And I tell you what, my heart was strangely warmed, as the disciples said on the road to Emmaus. As I just opened my heart to Jesus and said, look, Lord, I need you. Uh, I, I haven't got any answers, but I tell you what, I can't just say the right things. need your presence. It's powerful to just love and adore and worship. And the final thing is the word of God. The final thing is the word of God. So we open our heart, worship, prayer, call upon God, and just try it and put some worship on in your home. Put it on in the car. When you're stressed, drive along and just have it in the background. Um, and finally, the word of God. You know, it's in the New Testament, particularly, that we read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we see the life of Jesus. We're, we're as if we can touch, be in touch with the, the record of the life of Jesus. And then the Pauline epistles, Paul speaks about this amazing Jesus, whom he was touched by his gracious hand of his, on, upon his life. And so by reading the New Testament, it's, we can be in touch with Jesus. We can know his presence in worship and prayer, but also reading the New Testament. Uh, I committed myself, and it's no, no great shakes, and I'm not saying this is a big thing, but this year to read the New Testament in a year. Do you know what? If you commit yourself to read the New Testament in a year, you read about one chapter or half, to, half a chapter a day. One or half a chapter a day. It's about 10 minutes. 10 minutes a day, you could read the New Testament in an entire year. If you add maybe another extra five minutes to just pray over that, 15 minutes a day, you can read the whole New Testament in a year. I think I'm 79% there, so it said on my um, app that I've got. That I've got. And, um, and uh, my, my commitment then next year will be to read the Bible again uh, over, the, over the year because I want to see, I want to immerse myself in the Word of God. So you can, it, and it's as simple as that. Now, if you find that the whole reading thing can be a bit of a, bit of a uh, for different reasons, uh, there, there may be different reasons with the whole reading thing, then you can now listen to the Bible so you can actually get a free, number of free apps uh, if you've got on a tablet or a phone, and there's an app called Bible Is, Bible, is it Bible.is, something like that, and you can actually listen, you can listen to that chapter being, um, it's incredible. So you can listen to the Word of God a bit every day. If you did half a chapter or a chapter of the New Testament every day, you can listen to it or read it completely, utterly for free. I tell you what, if we open up our hearts, if we will, Worship him. Put a CD on. Yeah, so just spend some time. If we just commit ourselves to something as simple as that, you will see Jesus. You'll be able to turn your outlook into an outlook. And as we begin to do that and set the course of our hearts, you'll see the bigger picture. Things will come into perspective. He may even lift you above the cloud cover that's all around us and over our lives. Thank you. Let's pray together. God bless you, folks. We're going to sing in a moment or two, but as we uh, just bow our heads for a moment, shall we? I invite you to just... I don't know what um, challenges you're facing in the course of this 
Last week, I maybe know some people, but not everybody here this morning. I don't know everyone's circumstance with the clouds that are around you right now. And uh, right at this very moment, you know, I talk about feeling down, being down, looking down, uh, not seeing the wood from the trees, uh, uh, not knowing where life could be going, and maybe a prayer is being unanswered right now. But as we change our gaze in some of the ways that I've been sharing, we'll see Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning uh, for your people here, gathered here. As your word goes out, I pray that just something touches our hearts and minds and our spirit this morning. I thank you that it says in the Old Testament, you sent forth your word and you healed them. Your word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between joints and marrow. It discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. Your word is truth. You are the truth, Jesus. You're the light of the world. We pray for truth, light, something to be opened up, to move through the cloud cover, to see the bigger picture, to get your perspective, to see you, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that Paul says that we are now seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. We want to see the bigger picture, Jesus. Help us now, by the power of your Spirit, see your way, Father God. I pray for people this morning that are struggling. And even me saying, see your bigger picture. That could almost be like salt into wounds this morning. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will begin to move in hearts and minds. You're the God of all grace. Your grace is completely and utterly sufficient. When difficulty, sin abounds and the cloud abounds, your grace shines through more so. So much more, Father. You're the one who gives us the hand. Grace stoops and picks us up. And I pray for anyone this morning that feels they need to be lifted up. They feel their gaze needs to be lifted. Their hearts need to be lifted. Their bodies need to be lifted. Their families and relationships need to be lifted. Their direction in life needs to be lifted. They need to see a way ahead. I pray, Holy Spirit, this morning that you will lift hearts, minds, families, hopes, fears and dreams in this place. Let miracles abound as we set our hearts and open them to you. Even if I'm not sure, I can't see it all, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen, I open my heart, we open our hearts to our loving, living, almighty Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand together. We're going to close as we sing this morning. When I call on your name, you answer. When I fall, you were there by my side. You delivered me out of darkness. Now I stand in.